I'm Virginia Allen, and this is the Daily Signal Top News for Monday, February 26th. Here are today's headlines. The Supreme Court heard oral arguments today for a pair of major First Amendment cases. The cases stem from laws passed in Texas and Florida. And the question that the justices are answering is, can states prevent social media companies from censoring the speech of platform users? The origins of the case stem back to January 2021, when former President Donald Trump was deplatformed from a number of social media sites after January 6th. Following the incident and social media companies banning a number of other conservative voices, both Texas and Florida passed laws preventing social media platforms like YouTube or Facebook from censoring users' constitutionally protected speech. But two trade associations challenged these laws on behalf of the social media companies. They argue that a social media company's choice about what speech to censor is an editorial choice protected by the First Amendment. So are social media platforms required to carry everyone's views? Or like newspapers, do these big tech companies have a First Amendment right to choose what speech is and is not allowed on their platforms? Federal appeals courts reached different conclusions on that question, so now it's up to the justices to give the final word. The justices are expected to issue their final opinion in June. If you want to hear more about the implications of this case and what the justices said during oral arguments today, check out the Daily Signal's podcast tomorrow, Tuesday morning, for a full breakdown of the case. I am sitting down with Texas Senator Brian Hughes, law professor Adam Candube, and Heritage Foundation legal fellow Jack Fix-Henry for their analysis and reaction to the justices and the oral arguments today. So make sure to catch that conversation Tuesday morning. Let's jump now to an update on Trump's legal cases. Today, Trump appealed the judge's verdict in his New York civil fraud case. This is the case that found Trump guilty of inflating the value of his New York properties in order to receive more favorable loan terms. The judge ordered Trump to pay over $350 million in fines, but when you add in interest, that total comes out to more than $450 million. Trump's attorney, Alina Haba, said, We trust that the appellate division will overturn this egregious fine and take the necessary steps to restore the public faith in New York's legal system. Right now, we are waiting to see if Trump's appeal will move forward. So, to be continued. A man set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in an act of protest. On Sunday afternoon, an active duty member of the U.S. Air Force stood outside the gates of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., and reportedly doused himself with an unidentified liquid. He was live streaming himself. After pouring that liquid on his body, he then set himself on fire and could be heard shouting, Free Palestine. The man has been identified as 25-year-old Aaron Bushnell, and the Air Force did confirm that he was an airman. U.S. Secret Service did respond to the incident and extinguish the flames. He was rushed to the hospital but was pronounced dead from his injuries on Sunday night. In the video, Bushnell says he does not want to be complicit in genocide. 
This incident, of course, occurs as fighting between Hamas and Israel continues, and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is moving ahead with plans on a ground offensive in the city of Rafah in southern Gaza. Many Palestinians have fled to Rafah, but Israel says that the city is the last major stronghold for Hamas, though they see an invasion as necessary. But we did learn on Sunday that the ground invasion could be delayed if Hamas and Israel can broker a hostage release. According to Axios, the deal being considered right now is a six-week pause in fighting that would include the release of hundreds of Palestinian prisoners for the release of about 40 Israeli hostages. When the invasion of Rafah does occur, Netanyahu says that civilians will have the opportunity to leave the city first. Speaking of Palestine, the Palestinian Authority Prime Minister Mohammed Shteya and his government have resigned. He announced today that he has submitted his resignation and the resignation of his government to President Mahmoud Abbas per The Guardian. Here, the Palestinian Authority Prime Minister is saying that the decision comes based on political, security, and economic developments that are related to the offensive on our people in Gaza. The Prime Minister will remain in power until his successor is found. The U.S. wants to see reform to the Palestinian Authority once the war between Hamas and Israel is over. The Associated Press reports that President Abbas is expected to choose Mohammed Mustafa as the next prime minister. Mustafa currently serves as chairman of the Palestine Investment Fund. He was educated in the U.S. and has held senior positions in the World Bank and within the Palestinian Authority. He reportedly has a good relationship with American officials. It is unclear when the president will make the announcement as to who the next prime minister will be, so stay tuned. Well, speaking of resignations, the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel, is stepping down next month. The chairwoman made the announcement this morning. She had said that she would leave the role sometime after the South Carolina primary, which was on Saturday, so this doesn't come as a huge surprise. McDaniel told the New York Times that she will step aside at our spring training on March 8th in Houston to allow our nominee to select a chair of their choosing. And since Trump defeated Nikki Haley in South Carolina on Saturday, the Republican nomination is all but certain to be Trump. McDaniel said she is honored to have served and noted that the RNC has historically undergone change once we have a nominee and it has always been my intention to honor that tradition. Trump has said that he thinks McDaniel did okay initially in the RNC, but added, I would say right now there'll probably be some changes made. Trump has voiced his support for the chairman of the North Carolina Republican Party, Michael Watley, to serve as the new RNC chairman. Trump also says he wants his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, to be the next co-chair of the RNC. Before we go today, a couple things to watch this week. Both Trump and Biden are making trips to the southern border this week, specifically on Thursday. Biden is going to visit Brownsville and Trump will be visiting Eagle Pass. These trips come as concerns over the crisis on our southern border are growing.
There have been rumors that Biden is considering taking executive action to address the crisis at the border. So here at The Daily Signal, we are going to be watching to see if Biden uses the opportunity at the border to announce any specific executive actions. Also to watch this week, the government is facing a spending bill deadline. If an agreement is not reached by the end of the week, there will be a partial government shutdown beginning on March 1st. Democrat leadership in the House and Senate is blaming Republicans for the failure to reach an agreement and vice versa. House Speaker Mike Johnson, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell are expected to meet with Biden at the White House on Tuesday to discuss the spending agreement in hopes of avoiding a partial shutdown. With that, that is going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Daily Signal podcast. Remember that if you want to dive a little bit deeper into that Supreme Court case revolving around free speech, the First Amendment, and big tech, be sure to check out the podcast tomorrow morning where I am sitting down with Texas State Senator Brian Hughes, law professor Adam Kandub, and Heritage Foundation legal fellow Jack Henry as we dive deeper into the weeds of that case. Also, take a minute to subscribe to the Daily Signal podcast wherever you like to listen and help us reach more listeners by taking a minute to leave a five-star rating and review. Thanks again for being with us today. We will see you right back here tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.